Well, good morning, everybody. Anybody like me and look at that and you see 1129? It's 1129. It's, that's not real. It's not real time uh, on that thing. Well, it's good to see everybody. How's everybody doing so far? Good? Great. If you, there's a clap. Everybody, somebody's excited. I'm glad. Uh, if you are new, if you're here, you're visiting and you don't know me, I'm Andy. I'm one of the pastors here. Really want to extend a nice welcome to you. Glad you're here. Hope you're having a good time so far. Uh, if you're invited by somebody, you know, glad that, that you took that invitation. Make them take you to lunch. Uh, and if not, and if you're visiting, just glad you're here. Uh, really glad that, that we get to hang out with you for a little while. Uh, you've landed, if you're visiting here for the first time, or if you're kind of checking things out, you haven't been here in a while, right in the middle of a series we're calling Five Words That Could Change Your Life. And what we're doing is we're just taking one week at a time and just one word at a time uh, and seeing how God could take that word and really change our lives. And these aren't churchy words or complicated words. They're, they're really simple words that we believe if we can allow God to take them uh, and, and get intentional about it with God, he can really use these to change our lives and make a big difference. Now, some of you um, really got to check in here because I think for some of you here, the next two weeks are going to be really, really important weeks for you. A lot of things can happen uh, for some of you in this room over the next Two weeks, big things can change and happen, and uh, I'm talking about football. Uh, anybody excited about football season? Yeah, next two weeks are crucial. Yeah, we're 0-0 so far, right, everybody? I love football season. I don't know about you. I know, now, the word today is not football, so calm down. I just it's not, it's not the word today. Some of you are saying amen because you don't care about football, most, and, and most of us do. I'm just saying. But I love football. I love football. And I don't love football season just because I get to watch football uh, which I, it's a huge part of it, but I just love the season of fall. I don't know about you, I just love fall. It, it, it gets cooler uh, in the fall, I just kind of like that. Um, you get to wear your flannel again, I kind of like that. Um, but, but there's some other things that I really love. The, the smell changes, I don't know if, you're, if you get the smell, but the smell changes for me in fall, I really love it. When I go out and run in September and October, there's just a smell out in the air that I really love. It's like the rotting leaf smell. Uh, I love that smell, you know, it, it stinks so good, you know. Uh, I should make a candle, rotting leaf by Andy, I think I'd make a lot of money. Uh, it's a great smell, I'm telling you, it's a good smell. A lot of you uh, might love fall not because of that, but maybe you love fall because the kids are back in school, you know, it's not a smell. It could be a smell thing for that too, the kids are out of there, it smells out for a little while of the day. Um, but maybe that's why you like this season. But I just, I, and, and I love as I think about the seasons, uh, just the fact that we get to experience different seasons in the year, you know, that it doesn't always stay the same. I kind of like, we take that for granted sometimes, don't we? I just love the changing seasons, and sometimes, and we always get kind of tired of the seasons as the end. We say, well, I love summer, and then we're, I hate summer. So that's why I like why the seasons change, you know? So I started thinking through uh, seasons, and then I started thinking of seasons in my life as I was preparing for the message this morning. And there's a book in the Bible, uh, when it comes to seasons of life, this, this writer in the book of Ecclesiastes, he writes about these seasons of life that we experience. It's really interesting. And, and he actually wrote down 28 different seasons, 28 rhythms of life that, that exist with us, the, the things that we should expect, the things that we will experience, the, the things that we should get ready for and, and prepare in, 28. And, and I think what he's getting at is this. What he's saying is that in the seasons of life, when we look at that, life is actually really complicated. It really is. And it's why Life is so complicated is why this word that we're going to talk about this morning is so important in the lives of people who are following Jesus and why it's really critical that, that we experience this in a rhythm and in a consistent way. And it's the word that we're going to talk about today. It's help. We're going to talk about help. 
Now, the thing about this word help and why it's so important to talk about today, I don't know about you, but I think for a lot of us, even me, I've looked at this in, in my own life, it actually takes more courage to ask for help sometimes than it does to hide things or actually not bring anything up. It takes more courage to ask for help. Isn't that funny? Because sometimes I'm in a position where I know I need it, but I still don't ask for it. Or it's so obvious that I've got to ask for it, but I sort of deny it. And the, the easiest way that we can relate to this is driving lost. Anybody? So here's the thing. We still, this is a great thing. We still, even in today's age, with all the GPS and everything, all of us still drive lost. Isn't that crazy to think about? I actually read a study here. There was a study uh, that was done a few years ago that showed how many miles men and women drive on average lost per year, okay? Now, there is a clear winner, all right? And I'm going to ask you, you're going to have to make your vote known here this morning. So this study revealed the differences here. So how many in here, I'm going to give you the answers. How many, I'm going to get some fights here today too. How many in here think that men on average drive lost way more per year than women? How, how many think, man, you're sexist. I'm telling you, just like first. All right, how many of you think it's women that drive more distance lost per year? Like all five of you. Okay. Here's what it says. So here's what, even with navigation devices, I just think this is crazy, and phones and everything, the average man still drives 276 miles lost every year. 276, isn't that crazy? Now, and then, now while women, you drive, are you ready? 256. So you do win. Don't get cocky. It's not by that much, okay? <laughs> not, I'm just saying. There's something else that the results actually talked about this way. So maybe you got 20 miles on us, but this said that on average, women are 12% angrier than men behind the wheel. So even though we're more lost, we're nicer. So whatever, you know what I'm saying? We're nicer. When we ask for directions, we just do it a little nicer way than you women do, just saying. So it's clear that we all need help. We all really do need help. And gang, here's the big idea today. This is what I really want us to, to get into today. Many of us here this morning, and I'm talking about spiritually, for us who are following Jesus, we really do need help. But many of us here this morning, we need to actually learn or relearn how to ask for spiritual help in our lives. You know, a lot of us actually grew up being able to ask help really easy. And, and we, we all know that if you have kids or if you're around kids. My two-year-old asks help probably 100 times a day. Really easy, because she knows that, that she needs to get that in her life to actually achieve the things that she wants to achieve. I hear help all the time from my two-year-old, so we need to relearn it, because gang, here's the thing, we need it, but if we don't receive it, we're really going to be seeing that things that might be a minor thing starting out really could turn into a major spiritual crisis if we don't get for help. It's where our doubts, our spiritual doubts, sit there unchecked and stay there if we don't ask for help. It's where our spiritual growth, it, it almost stops to a grinding halt if we don't ask for help. We'll let something go too long, or you know sometimes what we do is we think it'll work itself out, and it doesn't, or it won't. You know, it's where addictions end up getting hidden, or overwhelming debt comes, or it's where divorce will happen when we don't ask for help. So here's the big thing. This is like the big idea that we're going to go with today. See, the more that we, this is where God really can show up. See, the more that we are in a continual assistance from God and from others, the stronger, the stronger we will become, the stronger we'll be. And see, here's the problem that I have. We live in the opposite of that. 
We live in the opposite. We live in a way where we believe if you ask for help and get help, it's, it's the, that's a sign of weakness. But what God says in a continual way is the more you're receiving help and asking for help, the stronger you will be and the more your life will actually flourish. That's how he designed it. That, that's how he made us to be. And see, because this is the thing with us and God. See, it turns out that our need for help actually shows our identity more than anything else and who God is and can be in our lives, simply on this need for help and asking God for help. So here's what I'm going to do this morning. It's going to be a little bit of a different message. Usually what I do is we go through one uh, big block of scripture, we kind of break it down, and, and we talk through some things. Uh, we're going to be jumping around a little bit this morning, because what I want to do is I just want to lay out three really easy steps, three things that we're going to discuss on what we do, how we actually step into this idea of help, and, and what God wants us to see in us to get help. So we're going to be jumping around a little bit. Uh, if you have your outlines there, you'll see that you have scriptures attached to each one of these points. Uh, and so we're just going to be jumping around, uh, looking at how important this word help is. So the first thing, if you're taking notes you get, or you want to grab your outlines there, the first thing uh, that we need to let God help is this. We need to reserve a daily time with God. See, the first step in help is actually letting God help me. That's the first step. Before we look at anything else, we want to let God help me. The biggest and easiest way to do it is reserving a daily time with him. You got to nail it down, gang. You got to say it. You got to say when it is, what it is. You got to let it be known. Let's take a look at our first scripture. It's going to be Psalm 121. If you want to open there, I'm not going to open there yet. But uh, Psalm 121, here's what he says. It says, I lift my eyes up to the hills. From where does my help come? My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. So, real easy concept. In order to let God help, you've got to know God first, right? That's, that's really easy, but it's just one of the things that makes sense, but we just got to talk about it here this morning. That's, that's why we got to have time in God's word. Here, I'm going to list some things, why being uh, in a consistent way in God's word, in the Bible, is so important. Here's a few benefits of being in the Bible in a consistent way. The benefit of being in God's word is, is that it makes the simple wise, okay? It brings light to the eyes. It's nourishing. It's nourishing to you when you do that. It brings spiritual protection when you're consistently studying and using it. It, receive, or it revives your soul when you're in the word consistently. It brings joy. And it takes simple people like you and me and it not only gives us a leg up in this world, it actually also gives us a boost because it gives us an unbelievable help of God's wisdom because that's what happens when you get into the Bible. So those are the benefits. And by the way, I didn't make those benefits up. Every single one of those that I list came from Psalm 19. Psalm 19 says that's exactly what happens when you get into God's word, that it brings these things to your life. So that's the benefits. That's why it's so powerful and life-changing and life-giving. And the consequences of not being in there are, are easy to know. It's just the opposite of that. Your soul will not have that revival in a consistent way. Spiritually, you'll probably dry up a little bit. You're not gonna receive the help that God so uh, badly wants to give you and your spiritual growth will be hindered. You won't feel as refreshed. You'll hinder your growth. So, so we need to be connected to God in order to get help uh, from him. Now, the big thing that I want to talk about this morning, because I know it's a new semester, a lot of folks are coming back and wanting to get, get going, so that's why I want to talk about this, this point here. So what happens here when we talk about having a, a time in God, with God and God's word especially is what we've done is we've kind of taken this thing and we have like put, made this, in, this big mystique, this, this big mystery around this book. 
Like, we've made this so complicated. And gang, here's the big thing about this. God never intended his word to be complicated. Did you know that? He never intended this to be so complicated that we couldn't get some good things out of it. So here's what I want to talk about. Let's just look at some practical things to actually get us moving on actually studying God's word, being in God's word in a consistent way. I'm just going to list four things. They're not up here, but if you're writing down, they're just four really easy things that we're going to uh, talk about. If you want to get back into that rhythm or if you find yourself out of that rhythm of having a consistent time with God, here's some things you need. First thing that you need, easy, but you need a time and place. Write that down. Time and place. Here's what I want to tell you. This is important. You need to name it and claim it so you'll be there. You know, you got to say 6.30 in the morning, dining room table. You got to name it or you won't do it. So you need a time and place. Second thing that you need is you need a plan. Just write down plan. I need a plan. Here's the thing. The people that are consistently getting into God's word and actually finding that as a rhythm in their life, they have some sort of a plan. Here's, this is what a lot of us might be doing. Waking up in the morning and just kind of going like this, and they're going, all right, and that is not a plan. That is not the worst plan I've ever seen in my life, okay? <clears throat> you need a plan. Here's what's going to happen when you do that. You know what's going to happen? One day you're going to wake up, and you're going to do that, and you're going to read something like, two bears came from the woods and mauled 42 boys to death. And you're going to be like, what was that? That's in there, by the way. I mean, you're, you would be like, Where am I, what's that about? So if you had a good plan, right, that would build context into before you got into that scripture. And not, that's not the first thing you read when you wake up before you take a sip of coffee, okay? So you need a plan. Here's the thing. I could put all kinds of plans out there. They are so easy to get, gang. Easy to get. Here's a couple places you could go. Uversion app. If you have an iPhone, they have tons and tons of plans. If you don't know what that is, that's the Bible app. If you go to the Bible app, there are plans in there, devotional plans, great things that help you kind of order some things. It gives you Old Testament studies, New Testament studies, mixes. Get in there. It's the easiest thing to do. You can do that today. You can start a plan today. Day one will be today. You can do that. Um, and if you don't have a, a phone with apps, a great place to go is uh, BibleStudyTools.com. There are tons and tons of great things you could print out and just have with you. Put them in your Bible, fold it up. But you need a plan. You need to get a plan. Third thing that you need when it comes to just being consistent, getting in there with God, is you need a notepad. Okay, you need some sort. And, you know, electronic on your phone, Kindle, whatever. You just need a place where you can take notes. Here's the thing that I really believe happens when we get into this rhythm of reading God's word. You know what's going to end up happening? Might not be day one, but it could be. God will start kind of telling you some things. They'll kind of pop in your brain. And you know what's going to happen if you don't write them down? Pop right back out. So you just need something with you. Get a pen, get a paper, get a journal, get, get electronic just to write these little things down. And, and I'm telling you, that will make a world of difference to stay consistent because you'll believe, wow, he really is showing me stuff. So you need some sort of a note-taking device. And here's the fourth one. This one's going to blow your minds. You need a Bible. I mean, no, here's what I'm going to say. I'm going to go really old school on you on this. I really do believe it's critical that you actually have a physical Bible. And I know you're going to argue with me, and here's the thing, you lose. Because this is a one-way conversation, so you lose, okay? You need a Bible. I'm telling you, it's really important. Here's what I'm going to tell you why. Uh, and I found this really uh, interesting as I counsel people and talk to folks. Uh, most of the time when I talk to them, it's really about spiritual things. And I talk to them about being consistent in God's Word. And, and I talk about, you know, what kind of Bible you have. And, and I've learned that a lot of folks don't really know what's out there. So here's what I highly recommend. Uh, if you don't have one, I highly recommend two kinds of Bibles. They're both study Bibles. One is called the Life Application Bible. It is a fantastic tool. And the other one is just called Study Bible. 
So there's life application and there's study Bible. I'm going to tell you why, because they just give you so many great tools about when you read. Now, here's the thing. This is my study Bible. This is a, a ESV study Bible. And you're like, that's huge. But here's why. This is, I'm going to tell you why. Here's my teaching Bible, and here's my, right, okay? This is great. I use this thing often. Here's why it's great. This gives you every single thing that you would need. It gives you maps. It gives you a, a great historical background of every book of the Bible that you read in there. It gives you wonderful commentary from really, really smart theologians, and you can read it in a way that gives you, hey, this is what was going on in the Jewish culture in that scripture that you read. It's awesome. It's one of the best tools that you can have in your arsenal. I'm telling you, if you don't have one, Life Application Bible, Study Bible. I have ESV Study Bible, and I have uh, an NLT, uh, New Living Translation, Life Application. I use them all the time. You really need a Bible. Gang, here's the thing. In order to really experience God and get his help, you need to know him. You need to know him. And, and, and how you know him, he gave us an amazing gift in that word. I'm telling you, he gave us a great gift. And here's the last one. This is the bonus one of what else you need in, in being with God. You need prayer. Prayer. And this is, prayer is the best, and I'm going to tell you why. So before you start every day, man, pray. Ask God, hey, God, help me and uh, illuminate some things in me. And then when you get done with your study in the Bible, pray and say, thank you for showing me something. And here's the great thing about praying. There are going to be days where we wake up and it's too late to even make a piece of toast. You know what I'm saying? But the great thing about prayer is it's portable. You could take prayer wherever you go. You could take prayer in your car. You could take prayer uh, at lunch. You could go into the bathroom. It's cool to pray in the bathroom. I'm telling you right now, you can do it. He loves when you come to him and just ask him and talk to him. And So use prayer. You can spend time with God in prayer everywhere you go. Uh, if you want to get more direction, I'd love to spend more time on this, uh, and especially in studying the Bible. I think it's so important. I think we're actually getting more and more uh, uh, you know, a little bit more and more, less information on how to study the Bible. Uh, there's a great book that you can get by Rick Warren. If you want to write this down, it's called Bible Study Methods. Bible Study Methods by Rick Warren. And this is a great book for anybody and everybody. If you're brand new to studying the Bible, this is a great one to have. If you've been studying the Bible for a long time and you've had plans, this is a great thing to shake it up. It has 12 different methods in that book of studying the Bible. Uh, he uses all kinds of acronyms. If you like acronyms, you'll love Rick Warren. Uh, I'm not, you know, it's spec and Spock method and speak and sp split and all these methods. That, but it's great. It's called Bible Study Methods by Rick Warren. So check that out. Um, it's really good. So you need all that stuff. So let me ask. Let me ask. How, how you doing there? Just how you doing? Are you reserving a daily time to spend with God? Or, or are you finding it pretty hard? Do you have a plan? Is it consistent or are you few and far between? I was listening to a podcast the other day and um, what I, who I was listening to mentioned a counselor and this counselor uh, counsels couples a lot and what she does with, her, with the couples that she counsels is she will hear them say a lot of times, I can't do this or that and she makes them change the script uh, in a lot of those areas to say, don't say I can't, you need to say I won't. And here's her reasoning behind this with the couples. She says, you know, not all the time but most of the time when you say that, it's a choice. So when you say you can't, I'm going to tell you, you need to say, I won't. And not, not only does that change your mind, it'll change your perspective. You know, when, we, when it comes to us uh, really reserving a daily time with God, I think a lot of us have that idea of like, you know what, I'm, I mean, I would really love to reserve a daily time with God, but I, just, but I just can't. Change the script and say what it really is saying. Say, you know, I would love to reserve a daily time with God, but I, I won't. It changes, doesn't it? You know, I would love to spend some time with God in the morning, but you know, I just can't get up. No, say, I would love to spend some time with you in the morning, God, but I, I just won't get up. Because here's the crazy thing. This is a crazy thing for me. I don't know about you. 
it is uncanny how, how often and how consistent I can get up and make a pot of coffee. You know what I mean? Like, I can be at 99% effectiveness rate on making coffee. It's crazy. Like, I never forget. So there's never a time where I go, man, I would love to have a pot of coffee. I just can't. Like, never. It never happens. Guys, that's the same with us and God. So I'm going to change the script on you. If you're not doing well in there and you're saying, you know, I can't or I can't get up early enough, no, it's that you won't. And here's what I'm going to tell you and challenge you with. Man, let's get back to it. Let's get a plan. Let's get going. He will help you the most with this one, I'm telling you right now. So, so get going in the word. Change the script so you change your perspective and get moving with God because he can really help you if you can get into that rhythm. The first command, the first command that, that, that we are actually supposed to be doing is love the Lord your God. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your mind and all your soul and all your strength. That's what we got to do. If you're too busy for God, gang, too busy. You're way too busy. All right, second thing that we have to do, the second thing that we need in order for help to really be moving in our lives is we need to have an ongoing support team. We need to have an ongoing support team. We need to have some people that actually have our backs in a spiritual way. We need to have some folks that are in the journey with us. Tim said it earlier, one of our six core values here is that you cannot do life alone. You can't experience true life with God and how he made it to be on your own or in your marriage alone. That's just not how he designed us to be. Jump with me, if you want to, to the book of Ecclesiastes. I'll jump there with you. We're going to be in Ecclesiastes. Uh, when I was talking about the seasons of life, that's in Ecclesiastes 3. We're going to be in Ecclesiastes 4 just for a minute. So go to Ecclesiastes 4. Now, here's the thing with Ecclesiastes as you open up there. This was written by a guy. A lot of people believe it was written by Solomon, uh, but it's not actually, nobody really knows, but a lot of people believe it's by Solomon. But what you read in there is whoever wrote this, they had a lot they had a lot of stuff. They had more everything than you could imagine. They had more money. They had more. And this, this person wrote this saying, I had more of everything. I had, the, you know, you, you name the camel, I had the best camel ever, right? Like, I had more money. I had more wives than you. And, and he writes this wisdom in, about God and people to say, you know what? All this stuff doesn't matter. There's only a few things that matter. And so here's what he writes here in Ecclesiastes 4, uh, starting at verse 9, when, when, when it comes to God and people. He says, two are better than one because they have a good reward for their toil. For if they fall, one will lift up his fellow, but woe to him who is alone when he falls and has not another to lift him up. Again, if two lie together, they keep warm, but how can one keep warm alone? And though a man might prevail against one who is alone, two will withstand him. A threefold cord is not quickly broken. So two are better than one. Community, community is better than isolation because here's why we could pick each other up we could dust each other off we could get them out of the ditch we're better protected from the elements we can overcome things together that otherwise might defeat us when we're left to it on our own devices that's what the scripture is about and gang that's why we have bridge groups here that's why we talk a lot about being connected in a group. Now, here's the thing. Right about now in this room, 10 o'clock service is a little bit different than our other services. Right about now in this room, though, I really do believe a high percentage of you are in group. Like, you're in a group. You're either you're in a rich group. You're either in a men's group, a women's group. You're in a home group. You're in, you know, doing mops or something. You're in Celebrate Recovery, uh, going to Celebrate Recovery in a step study. That, that probably a high percentage of you are, are in there. And so if I spent 30 minutes saying, here's what you got to do. You got to get in a group. You know, for a lot of you out there, it's not really that helpful because you're already there. You already believe it. You're already convinced. And you see God moving with those, with those things that help you from people in your life. Now, here's the other thing. There is another group of you here this morning, and you're not. 
you're not experiencing it, you're not in it. And, and what I would love to do is spend 30 minutes just like getting you there. Like, and, and those of us who are in group, we would love to get you there because of what we experience in our lives. So I'm always stuck here uh, when I talk about this, you know, over the years because I don't know how much time to spend on it. So I thought I'd do a little bit different here. Uh, for those of you who aren't, I just want to get a different perspective. So we're going to just listen to a story um, and, and see how Crystal can actually help us, those of us who are in group and who aren't. So let's hear Crystal's story here real quick. Hi, I'm Crystal, and I'm going to share with you my experience with Ridge Groups. When Steve and I first found River Ridge, we were looking for something that would fit both of us. I was raised in and a bit jaded from the traditional church, and his background was just non-existent in church. We attended here for about a year before we ever got involved, and every time they made announcements about Ridge Groups, if I looked at him, he immediately shook his head no and said something along the lines of, I'm not going to some stranger's house to talk about the Bible. I'm just not the kumbaya type. So I didn't push the issue that much because I was wondering, what if I do talk him into going and people are just cliquish? Or what if we just feel so out of place and our son embarrasses us and then we look like horrible parents? Or what if they judge us for the kind of car we're driving? Or what if they're just weird? We started realizing that the same things that we struggled with other people struggled with in that same small circle. Many years later, we are still meeting up with that same group of people on Wednesday nights and for cookouts and birthdays and weddings, holding each other's hands during rough times, moving parties, serving dinner together on the west side, and so much more. When critical things happen in our world, I text my parents and then I immediately text my Ridge group. When I'm not feeling so godly, a cool night at Los Agaves, sharing chips and salsa and great conversation, always brings me back to why I love that God crosses people's paths for His purpose. These people have essentially become a family to us, and we value the role that they play. They have encouraged us to be a better marriage and a family that chases God. So if you're curious, if you're sitting where we were, just kind of unsure as to how this would work out for you, try it. I promise it'll change your life. You know, I love uh, how she says that God crosses people's paths for his purpose. I don't know if you caught that. That, that stuck out to me. That's what we're about. That, that's why we do it. That, that's why it's so important. And, and here's the other couple reasons why I really believe. There's a bunch of reasons why, uh, and I've taught on this over the last couple of years. There's two really critical things that we need in our lives that we won't get otherwise if we're not doing this intentionally with a spiritual group of people. You need prayer and encouragement in your life. And you need to get it in a consistent way. And those two things are huge when we're in community, that you have a group of people praying for you in the seasons of life that would change sometimes when you don't even know. You need that in your life. And you need encouragement. We need encouragement. Not only when we're feeling down about things, we need people to encourage us, but we also need encouragement on the other way where we need encouragement not to go down the path that we would otherwise go of sin or of just messing up or doing things because we're caught by people. So I'm just going to ask, do you have that? Do you have a group of people praying for you intentionally? Do you have a group of people that, that really know you beyond just on a, a Sunday morning or, or beyond just anything else? It's a spiritual group of people that are meeting for a purpose, that are meeting intentionally, praying for each other and encouraging with you. I, I say this a few times a, a year, but I love my group. 
We have ups and downs and ins and outs as a group, and I love my group. We just got back together this past Tuesday uh, to close up our summer and get ready. And, man, we ate. We went to Fat Patties, and, and we just got together. We hung out. Uh, we planned our semester out. And I'm telling you guys, I left Tuesday night really excited. I, I left Tuesday night excited what my group is going to do for this semester uh, because I know that I got a group of people. We're going to be going after God together. We're gonna, we got a plan uh, of studying uh, his word together, and I know they're going to be praying for me and doing their best to help me in, in coordinating our marriage and, and doing their best to encourage me and Courtney as we try to be good parents. I love my group. I really do. And here's the thing about my group. I didn't know anybody in my group until I got into groups. Not one of them were old friends or high school buddies. I didn't know any of them. Every one of them I got through being in a group uh, here at River Ridge Church. So do you have that? Do you have people praying for you? In a church over a thousand people, it's really hard to have those two things. We can get encouraged here and we can pray together, but I'm telling you, it's different when you have a team of people behind you, when you have a, a team of folks really knowing you. One of the best things that can happen in a group is because they're already there for you, they're already there for you. And I see it so many times where we just feel like we're not really that fragile or there's not a lot of things that could happen, but then when we do and we're not connected, then, then we kind of lose because we're not connected. So I just want to challenge a couple people here this morning in this one. Two people I want to challenge. One of you are in a group and one of you are not. If you are in a group, uh, this week what I want to challenge every group out there to do is I want you to get back to the basics just for a week. Maybe you already did this, but I want to just kind of get this out there. I want you to talk in your groups about three things that we talk about a lot. I want you to talk about consistency, contact, and clarity. Uh, These are three really important things as we go through these semesters together. So, man, get together and talk about, hey, how's our consistency? How are we doing in just meeting together? How do we get better at that? So talk about consistency when you get together this week or next week. Uh, Talk about contact. Hey, how are we doing in just really knowing each other outside of this group? Like outside of this hour and a half or outside of this hour that we're at the house. How are we doing in texting and, and, and just encouraging each other outside on the week? And how do we get better? So contact. And the third one is clarity. That's a huge one. Uh, get a plan for what you want to do this semester. Just get together and say, what's our plan? What are we doing? And we walk away knowing exactly what this semester uh, or this year is going to look like. So talk about those if you are in a group. And here's the thing. If you're not in community, get in. Get in. You know, we only do this offer two times a year, really, in the beginning of each semester. And here this morning, we're going to make it as easy as possible for you to go and try it out, check it out. Blair will be out there. Right here, there's going to be computers to sign up. He's got a handout for you. He's got everything figured out for you this morning. Go to him. We're going to have a few other people there. Ask your questions. This is all new groups for new people. So if you think you're going in there, I'm like, oh, I don't want to really go to the group. Every thing you're signing up for is new groups for new people. So, and not new people to, to groups, but just new groups. So sign up, get in there, check it out. We only ask three things in groups, three things that we're really like getting behind this year, and it's this. Show up, join in, be real. We can do that. That's easy, right? Show up, join in, be real. I want to challenge you this morning to do that if you're not in group. You can sign up and try it out. There are things, I'm telling you, gang, there are things that only helps can come from when you're in a connected group of people like that. You're going to miss out on some helps in your life. That we really, we're not doing this just to add something to your plate. Like we, We've been doing this church thing long enough to know that, that you really do need this in your life. You need this in the rhythm. And it's just not easy to form groups on your own, so that's why we do it. So go out there and sign up. And here's, here's the third thing. So that's the second thing. Here's the third thing that we want to uh, see helping uh, in our lives happen. We want to cultivate the relationships that I already have. So I want to cultivate the relationships that I already have. Let's check out what Romans 12 says here. Romans 12 says, let love be genuine. Abhor what is evil. Hold fast to what is good. Love one another 
with brotherly affection. This one is really uh, a call uh, for us to be who God called us to be. But here's what I, this is why I made it a point in, in the word help this morning. Here's the thing, and this is why I made it number three on the list if you're taking notes. Because it, I think the people who do this one the best are actually doing the first two really well. That they're actually receiving help from God first. Then they're also receiving help from others because they're intentional about having a team around them. Then they're able to go out and do what God told them to do and help others. So we need to be helping others too. That's huge with this word help. So I'm going to talk about this third group of people, uh, the relationships that I already have. See, the second group of people, that support team, that's intentional. Like you really have to work a little bit to get that team. But there are people, so I kind of look at it in circles. God is that inner circle. Then there's that core of people around you. And then there's this kind of like big influential circle. These are like people in your life. This is your spouse, your family, your coworkers, people on your softball team. This is like the t-ball coaches and parents that you're hanging out with once a week. You know, some are long, uh, long relationships. Some are just kind of short seasons. But here's the thing. This is what I want to challenge you with. Do you know that God put every single person in your life for a, for a reason? that you actually have a purpose with them too. And now I'm gonna go over a couple of things that are easy to, to look at. They're, they're, they're easy, but for me, it's a little challenging sometimes that we gotta remember, hey man, how do I actually cultivate these relationships around us? I'm talking about my marriage and also people outside of that too and, and my neighbors and just people that are around me. So it's, I know it's basic, there's not much to it, but here's a challenge. We love and we cultivate with two things, by asking helping questions and this is the tough one, and by active listening, active listening. We need to be really, really intentional about active, and this is the thing, I'm gonna be, again, vulnerable to you. I, I, the active listening part, I'm really bad at. Sometimes, I don't know if, if you found yourself doing this, I will talk to someone, and I will ask them a question, and I'll just not even listen. Anybody with me on that, or am I just a sociopath? Like, I, uh, like, oh, I asked the question, I'm like, blah, 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 and I'm like, I have no idea what they just said. No, I said, I got to get better at that. I got to get better at that. And so I'm not the only one. I heard some chuckles. Like, okay, I, I, I was worried about myself. But I, I got to get better at that. We got to ask helpful questions. Not, hey, how's it going? Hey, man, where are you at in this stage? What's going on? Be intentional about the relationships that we already have. Here's the thing that I found out. Do you know people who are with us? Again, these are relationships we don't have to work hard on. At a relational level, do you know the people in, in your circle there, they rarely are looking for advice. They're just looking for an ear. Do you know that? They're just looking for a really good ear. Here's why this one's important, and we'll close. Jesus said this. He said, you know how, they're, you know how everybody's going to know that you're mine? You know how everybody's going to know that? On how you love people. That's what he said. So, guys, we just got to love people well, too. We, can, we can't just stay inside with this. We got to help others, but we got to get help first. We need help. It takes courage to actually do it. But we got to cultivate the relationships around us by going to God first, getting a group of people in in our lives as well. This word help, it is a word that goes to the core, to the core of who we are, who God made us to be. And the, here's the hump we got to get over. The more we get help and assistance from God and others, the stronger we will become, not weaker, the stronger we will become. So let's let God help us with this word help this morning. Let me pray. God, uh, thank you. Thank you that you that you made us for a purpose, that you actually gave us one another, and you also gave us your helps through who you are in your word and, and, and interacting with other people. God, help us be challenged 
uh, by reserving a daily time with you, that we need help from you first, that we need to actually go to you and get wisdom and, and be nourished and, and, and have revival of our soul with you first. Then we need others in that group, that intentional spiritual group that are praying for us, encouraging us, that we could pray for them and, and encourage them and help us, God, to go out there in the world then, strengthened by those helps to really be a help to others and, and be who Jesus called us to be and that they will know who we are by how we love people. That's a big challenge for us today. Lord, we love you. We thank you for challenging us with this word help. Uh, and until we see each other again, we pray for this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right, gang, if you have not signed up for a group and you're interested, go out there, get some information before you pick your kids up. Talk to Blair. He'd love to touch base with you. We'll see you next time. He's on. We are the sun.
judge is my defense and rule.